0: So I wanted to talk about geometry. Why is it called, this book um, that I've made, for an archival library that um, put the call out to everybody in the world that if they wanted, that if they would receive a sketchbook, they could fill it with whatever they want, however they want. As long as it stayed a certain thickness, they could Pull it apart put it back together again as long as what they sent in was a book didn't even have to use the original pages but it w- this was this is your starting point and it would go into an archive and everybody who wanted to do the sketchbook all these sketchbooks so you really are putting in filling this book for, you're putting it in with a whole population and just saying right Sink or swim, there you go, out into the ocean. So that appealed to me, so that's what I've been doing, and I've finished it, and I'm due to send it in. And um, But so much, so much came out of it, way more than I ever had any idea it would, because what I put into this book became a story that was an accident, was a story that I also impressed upon accidental elements. It was a story because I saw connections between what were accidental shapes, that was in these collages of um, desiccated goop, because I am a manufacturer of desiccated goop. And so much came out of of this. Like many things that are are very simple um, because There's not many words in the book, but there are ideas. There's the idea of the child, there's the idea of the mother, there's the idea of the universe. And in the last third of the book, after having talked about life on Earth, life in the future, life in the past, there is talk about space. And the creatures that I made, because of the way you position something on a page that conveys the idea of of something human or creaturely, animal, there is a sense of direction to where they are looking or where they are going. And some are looking back and some are looking forward. So this is the idea of back. And it's also the, this is what I'm doing in my life now, as it turns out. I'm looking back because I'm thinking of, uh going to live in another country. Um, back behind is the idea of looking over your shoulder, which some of these creatures are doing in this book that I've made. Above and below, well, that is got a hierarchical connotation to it. Um, and a hierarchical, that what is above is better than what is below. And um, an idea that, I'm, uh, that I love is that that's not, there isn't high art, low art, high thinking, low thinking, that to be human you're both and that it's a scale. Like playing musical instrument, like when I'm playing the flute or the piano, you're, to be fully human, you are able to go up and down the scale to above, to the high notes, to the low notes, and that they were all smooth. There's a flexibility to that and an ease and a flow to that, (coughs) ideally. (laughs) But that's, uh, it seems like that's uh, an amazing goal of health, that it is, that that's what it is to be a healthy human being. Um, And that's got implied in it a geometry of verticals and horizontals, and if you, I'm very aware of being a, a vertical on a horizontal ground, on a horizontal plane. When I'm walking along, if I'm going for a walk in the countryside, I, I, I feel myself sticking up on a, on a plane, and there are all these horizontals around me, there's the horizon, there's the land, there's the sky, and I'm a vertical on a horizontal. So I'm very interested in horizontals and verticals, trees, their branches, human beings with their arms out, the shape of the cross, which appears in many things, and it has the, the cross has many meanings. Um not only the one that Christianity refers to, but also um where um Uh, where the sky meets, where, how do you explain that? Vertical meets the horizontal. The horizontal being the earth, the vertical being the spiritual, or whatever you want it to be. It's where God meets human beings. Yeah, it's got many, many interpretations and connotations. interesting. Um... And then the last bit, so above and below uh, you know, obvious ideas of heaven and earth. Um, Above water, the surface of the water, below the surface of the water, uh, uh, on a mountain, on flat ground, on the plains. And then it's, and, uh, so it's above and below, back, behind, above and below, beyond is the uncertainty of the future. So you have the past and the future. And um, the danger of being too much in the past, living in the past, not um, being brave enough to go into the uncertainty of the future. Um, So you stay in a comfortable world where you don't dare risk whether it's a job, a country, what you're doing, your occupation, change, resistance to change. So this is coming up at the end of this book, Um, after I've just after I've talked about the houses and gardens and roads that floated, which implies transcendence in there. And this is the first what I've done is I've cut this piece of goop pareidolia in half and this is um, this goop pareidolia I'm calling it that which implies an accidental shape Well, pareidolia is an accidental shape that implies um, a familiar object or thing or creature or human or landscape and I started out with this Uh, this is what got me going doing these these um, desiccated, because uh, it's it's uh, it's co- it's goop that's dried, and goop is PVA borax solution and mixed together, and it dried in a way that looked like a universe, because there are all these different colours, and it looks like sort of atrophied gas, or a photograph, or a, a, a model of of the cosmos, and. Um, So I started out with this and it says above planet stars, balance at the edge of the universe. And underneath it says, it was not a speck of dust, but the earth and the sun ray looking back at me in infinity beyond Neptune. And this is referring to this, um, the Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 missions um, to the four planets Uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. And then um, its mission to go on beyond that into interstellar space. And just how exciting that was when I came across a film of people talking about everything that had happened and just how dramatic that was because the launch happened in 1977. And how when, These scientists um, knew that the Voyager spacecraft had gone beyond Neptune. There was a big debate about whether it should turn around and take a photograph of the planets from that point of view. And because it was taking a photograph of the planets, the Earth would be in there somewhere and how they had to really search for where the earth was which happened was a a tiny speck, um, less than a a pixel size in one of the sun's rays. It looked like a speck of dust and that was our blue planet which our whole lives (laughs) exist. Every human being that's ever existed is on this planet. So I was taken with that idea, I loved that idea, I could see that this shape that I'd made had specks in there that could be the earth, and was the universe. And then the next page is all this space, free but frightening. So this is the idea of, you know, when we step out of what is comfortable into the uncertainty of the future. And then there is one of these desiccated goops which is made from gold um, paint and it's safe but stifling and it looks like a safe. Um, and it's almost uh, like the idea of a lot of money or a lot of comfort or a lot of luxury or a lot of technology can make us too safe can and then can actually end up stifling us. Because part of this mission was actually um, was to explore other planets that we could move to once this... This particular star, the Earth, has once we've ruined it, once and for all. And it's also this represents the the golden record. I mean, that's a a very pessimistic view of things. Of course, I'm hoping that we don't. (laughs) And I think, and I think actually that if um, that one way not to ruin your world is to go into the, is to realize the, 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 the extraordinary realms of the imagination and, um, to focus on creativity. I think that's actually a solution where you are not having, that you don't end up consuming and creating waste to such an extent through boredom, you know, because I think a lot of consumption is about boredom and, what else to do, it's, um, whereas, anyway, so this, (laughs) that's for another, this gold is the, um, is also the golden record, and this is the golden record that intrigues us, because this is, this is the message in the bottle to any aliens out there. And the Golden Record is, uh, is a metal um, record and it's a flat disc that can be played that emits sound through a stylus and speaker. And on there they have uh, 27 pieces of music, extracts of music um, or pieces of music and uh, different voices from around the world uh, sending greetings to the aliens and they also have pictures. And the people who had to come up with this record had six weeks to do it. Which is not a bad idea for any uh, work of art or any project or any accomplishment to, to push it through to say, to put a deadline on it because it just makes you make decisions, it just moves you fast. Um, so although that seemed an extraordinary stricture, it was, I think, in a liberating in a way. And what was interesting about... What is interesting about the record is that um, it was made by a few people. A few, Only a few people made decisions on that, so it has quirks to it. And it's not... It wasn't... It, the choices of what went on the record, visually and orally, were not made by a committee. And I think that's very important, that's an important part about, about creativity, that there is, um, there is a potential of diluting what you're doing when you don't keep, uh, a vision, a vision that can change, that can develop, that can morph, but, um, yeah when you don't keep a purity, a certain purity, or focus, a focus of vision. And, um, there are many things about the Golden Record that are, that say a lot about culture, and I wanted to include it in this book, in my sketchbook, because it's really what I'm doing, is I'm making my own Golden Record. Um, a message, a legacy, um... Um, a representation of myself as an individual. With the golden record that was um, sent with the spaceships, the Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, that also is a legacy, because this golden record is going to exist after um, the sun becomes a, a great red giant and after our planet disappears. And we disappear if we haven't moved somewhere else by that time. And I mean so far ahead, it's hardly been able to comprehend what, what our species is going to be like at that point, or whether something else has happened to it uh, else has happened altogether. And that brings in the idea of robots, which this, these collage items sort of reminds me because they're plastic. It's, it has a robotic quality. Uh, to it, this, this desiccated goop that I've, that I've made these, these shapes that are quite three dimensional um, so yes the golden record fascinated um, everybody at the time of the launch, it still fascinates because um, the, of the n- fundamental need to communicate which is why we do it it's why we make these things and it's why I'm talking to you now Because I just, I want you to understand. I want you to, and I want you to do it too, you know. I want this to be available to all. And I will talk about that another time. So on the next page, um, there's more of this sort of cosmic gases. It's black, gold, and cream, and that works thematically with the rest of the book, and that the mother is cream. There's the gold being the idea of preciousness. There's black being the space. Um, And there's an equation that I've come up with of my own making, which it doesn't have to make any sense. And then the end. So that's the book. Um, So this book, I realized once I'd made it... um, and, you know, the beauty of making, of creating things is that you don't always understand what you're doing at the time. You might have some awareness, but it's a very instinctive process in many ways of where you're just reacting in the moment of what makes sense. And it's when you pull out, do you see the pattern in the same way that you see patterns... Um, in in cracks in the wall in cracks in the pavement in patterns random apparently random patterns that you can see faces because we're human centric we we're, we're earth centric we project um, what we know into abstract forms which is why it's so fascinating to deal with abstraction, um, to, once you have feel like you are able to um, create human beings out of nothing, animals out of nothing, yeah. landscapes out of nothing, or, you know, rep- you know, beyond representing them, you might want to go... That was what happened to me. I didn't want to represent what I saw in a photograph or I saw out there. I wanted to see what I could generate out of my imagination, and then, and um, it, animals, human beings were being formed, and then there came the question of how do I make something that is none of those things, and yet still, um, there is the propensity towards the what is in within Paridolia, which is to still some the familiar out of the unfamiliar. That some, says a lot about the human condition. And um, so having made this book, I look at it and I realize, since I am making a big move in my own life right now, that I am going out into the world. I've been cocooned for a while, um, making art very in a, in a very internal world, and now... And these conversations I'm having with you are part of that, are part of opening out into talking about what I'm doing with, with um, people, people I haven't met, people I don't know yet. Um, and that this book actually is my guide, is my how-to of how to do it, You know, back, behind, above, and below, beyond. So look back, look behind, look above, below. You're going to get the answers there and I'm going to go beyond what I am now, where I'm located now, what I'm doing now. I'm going to expand. So it's a very precious book um, because of the ideas contained in it, because of the joy of making it, the fun of inventing, because of making references to other things so vast, like oceans and space, um, all within a book that is a fairy tale that has a very childlike quality to it, and yet so much profundity exists within it. Um, So... I love that. I love that about this book. And I love talking about the ideas I'm having as a, as a, I'm making. Um, that is a, That has enormous pleasure to me, to talk about it, to talk about the ideas. One idea is that, one approach would be that I... You don't. You just allow the object the objects, the paintings, the the art to speak for themselves. But I've made a choice not to do that. Um, Because I think there's so much more going on than an object. There's so much behind what exists, behind that. There is so much uh, process. There's so much involved in making. And a lot of it has to do with how aware you are of what you're doing. Um, The delight of the reveal of peeling back the piece of paper that shows an illustration underneath it in a book. For example, pulling back veils and layers to reveal after the fact of what those patterns are and what they say to you, it's it's like this book, um, it's like a like the runes where you you throw the runes onto the ground and then you see the future and you see the pattern or you you see that in the tarot Um, you can see that anywhere Um, you can see the answers that you need and of course they're not Of course, the whole thing about the runes or the tarot or astrologies is is the answers don't exist outside of you. The answers are inside of you. They are a means of finding out the answers within you. And that's something that art does. It does that um, if you are if you stay with your instincts and there is a there is a technique for doing that and the next one I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about that, that technique, I'm very excited to do that because I would love you, um, to be a part of this and I would love you to know from the inside what I'm talking about, you don't have to, um, if you enjoy what I'm saying to you, if you enjoy the ideas that I'm talking about, um, that's great, but it wouldn't cost you anything to have a go. Um, and there might be reasons why we don't do that. I know there were reasons in me why it took a lot to start making marks on a surface. Um, all sorts of reasons to do with education and conditioning and sort of a sense of not being entitled to do it. And, um, and yeah, it's very exciting once you break that down, those walls down. Um, so next time I'm going to talk to you about that. Um, all of this is a route into the imagination, and what the imagination can tell you. Um, it's a route into a world of ideas, of 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 your ideas. I'm talking about about my ideas, things that are specific to me, because I'm fascinated to see how themes recur even when I'm not trying, even when I'm not conscious, there are patterns, and it's just, the whole process is so self-revealing. Even a book like this, which just started out with the idea of a collage, how it just grows. And they're just layers and layers and layers of meanings if you know what to look for and if you know how to interpret it and if you're open to that and if you're going to allow your imagination to go wherever it wants to go, wherever it wants to go um, because it should be a free, uncensored place because that's how you meet yourself and that's what I think the golden record is doing when it has gone through the bubble of our galaxy, no longer within the sun's influence. It has gone through that, which it did in 2012, August 2012. And now it's out there without, with no attrition on it. There's nothing to wear it down. It's going to be out there for billions of years. And why do we send it out there? We send it out there to find for it to be found by what is the question. The likelihood of something, some intelligent life form that could interpret that uh, is not so crazy, considering the amount of space, the amount of galaxies and stars out there. The odds are not. Uh, in, com- cannot be completely against there being any life-form out there. We, you cannot discount it. And if you can't discount it, then there's a possibility. So it's very endearing of us, of the human race that we sent that out. But really, I wonder if what we meet, what that in- it will encounter, what we hope to meet, Beyond our existence, even if we don't, aren't alive to see it, what we meet is ultimately ourselves. And in the same way that when you make art, what that is revealing is revealing yourself. You're revealing yourself to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll talk to you later.